You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 29. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. This podcast is sponsored by our all-new course, What Tech Job is Right for Me. Visit us at yourtechie.com slash start to check out our new course and find what tech job is right for you. Hey, techies! Welcome to Making Money in Tech, Three Ways to Earn More. Everyone just makes money in tech, right? Like, that's why we're going to tech. We want to make a ton of money, so we all just pour in, we apply for a job, and boom, we get tons of money, right? Not exactly. Okay, here's the thing. I've decided that I hate statistics. People will quote statistics and general repeatables like, the economy is down, it's a bad time to find a job, no one is hiring, Coronavirus is stopping small businesses in their tracks. Listen up. No statistic, no general piece of information about the world or the country or even your own state or town means really that much to you as an individual. What? I know. Crazy town. Here's the thing. People find good jobs in good times and in bad times. It's like a marriage. (laughs) People create businesses in good times and in bad. And seriously, here's the thing. Looking at the economy in general rarely serves you. I mean, literally you. It's most definitely not coming with you on the interview. So stop listening to generalities and start knowing your value in the marketplace. That is the first way to earn more money. Because there are so many people who get into tech at a very low rate, like under 40K a year. And that could be someone who works in customer service, or maybe they're an intern, or maybe they're a business analyst. And honestly, that salary is fine. It is totally fine in the beginning. But eventually, you're going to want to make more. And I want you to make more. That's why we talk about money. Because it's seriously this taboo subject that, you know, we don't want to be greedy, we don't want to we don't want to ask for too much. We don't we just want we just want to make enough. What's enough? Seriously, what's enough? What we need to make is market value. Actually a little above market value, right? We want to be a little above market value. Why? Cuz we're paying attention. We're honing our skills, so we deserve that. But let me tell you the problem when it comes to understanding your market value. We get all wrapped up in how good we are. We evaluate our own skills. Well, I'm, 
I'm probably not as good at that person as that person. And then that affects our confidence. And we know that affects how we come across. But if we focus instead on the how and the what, how much does a certain position pay? How much does that position command in the marketplace? What are people willing to pay for it? And then the what? What are the skills of that position? It's just matter of fact. You go to Glassdoor, and this part's important. Look up a title for your local area, not just in general. Or if you're looking to move, then look in that area. Or maybe you want to work remotely. Then I encourage you to look at a higher priced market than the one you're in. Why? Because you might be able to give them a 20% discount and you might be able to get a 20% premium off your local market and then everybody wins. How cool is that? So I really want you to stop worrying about generalities when it comes to earning more. You need to get those out of your mind. That's why I say don't listen to the news. I'm going to talk about um, my good friend, Tim Ferriss. He's not my good friend. I just read all his books, but that's like basically the same thing. But I'm going to talk about him later in the episode. But many years ago, I read The 4-Hour Workweek, and that is when I stopped watching the news. And that is ser- – I never liked the news. I will tell you this. You can ask my dad. I used to leave – I mean, I – grew up in the Detroit suburbs. And so on our news was what? Murder and mayhem all the time. So I never liked the news really. But I remember when Tim read that, I was like, yeah, I don't need the news. And I know some of you, in case you're wondering, that was like a decade ago. But in case you're wondering, well, how do you know what's going on? I just strategically select what I want to hear about. Does that make sense? I don't ever put like I don't ever put local news on and let them tell me what is going to go into my brain. I just do not do that. Why? Because I know that isn't serving my life goals. What I want to do in this world, the impact that I want to make, they're never going to understand that. So the information they give me, what are they giving me? They're giving me the information that is going to be evoke the most emotion. So I, I like I study this a lot and. This is all wrapped up in UX design. Empathy and emotion are very much tied to design. And that that component of technology is only only being appreciated, I think, more and more um, today. I mean, Steve Jobs and Apple, yeah, they certainly had a huge advantage with um, by bringing those design principles to the forefront. So it's not like design hasn't been around, but there, it's still so lacking. I think people are just getting to that point. Well, it's not the news's fault. They're, if you're if they get on the news, the local news, and they're like, everything is just the same as it was yesterday, that's not exciting or interesting. No one's going to watch that. So you can't blame the news. You can't be like, oh, well, they're just trying to be inflammatory. They're trying to get you to watch. That's their whole point. So no offense. I'm sorry if you are a broadcaster or you're in news. I That's not how I serve my mind and I don't recommend it because it is generalities that will affect your goals. When when what you want to do, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to make more money. Cool. Let's do that. That's super fun. Let's make more money. The way to do that is to really hone in 
and know what your value is of a specific job in a specific area. Okay. Now, here's the thing. If you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm making that wage. Like, I hear you. I know what my value is, and I'm making it. Cool. So let's make more. How do we do that? We're going to do that with the second way, and that is to understand and then acquire new skills. Okay, part of tech is learning new skills, like all the time, because you're putting yourself out there in a new way. Like when you're new at something, you're not going to be good at it. So you're constantly putting yourself out there. Here's the thing, twofold. Number one, that's what leads to growth. And number two, when you do it enough, you don't care. Okay. Like, okay. So I'm an entrepreneur and I do a lot of stuff online. And so a lot of my entrepreneur friends are like, I just don't want to be on video. I am tired. And I'm like, okay, I totally know how to cure you of this. Let me tell you. And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Cure me. I'm like, go on video every single day for two weeks. You'll be over it. Like it's literally that easy and that hard because it's scary. Right. But I know I never, I don't like pictures of myself. I don't like being on video. You would never know that. Why? Because my mission of bringing more women to tech is bigger than that fear. I don't care enough. It doesn't matter to me. I will look funny. It's not a matter of, well, if I don't look perfect. There are many videos of me on the internet right now where I do not look perfect. I, I, am, I am definitely making funny faces. I, those of you who know me, I make many strange contorted faces because I wear my face. I wear my emotions on my face. I am a terrible poker player. Even my seven-year-old beats me. Okay. But that, getting back to tech, that discomfort of constantly learning new things, it like diminishes the more you do it and it leads to growth. So if you have number one, where you already know your value and you are making that value, the way to earn more is to figure out the value of a new position. And that doesn't always mean leaving the company. Okay, that's why I love startups. You constantly have to be evolving and changing and adding more value. Um, but even in larger organizations, you know, you could work for like a Fortune 500. You can go work for Cisco. And if you can do more then you'll get a better job. And I think that was one thing that really stuck with me. It was hard for me to understand when I was um, consulting, especially when I was really young. If you learn the skills and start doing the job, do that first, and then you'll get paid that rate. I was always like, well, no, hey, I want to do this, so pay me that, and then I'll do it. No, 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 it doesn't work like that, right? you got to earn the skills. Okay, I'm going to recommend a book for, I don't know, maybe the 1,000th time. I've literally made all my family read it. And this book is, it should be required reading for all of, let's say, humanity. Yeah. And that book is called Mindsets by Carol Dweck. Okay, Dr. Dweck spent, I think, at least 30, over, probably over 30 years, researching growth and intelligence. And here's what happens. It turns out that the people who are most excited about new challenges, a new problem, they are the ones who are most likely able to master a new skill. Okay? It's not about gender. It's not about IQ tests or anything other than what moves you to action. 
yes, people can be more inclined towards certain things, but that usually means they're just willing to put more effort in, okay? Hence the higher results. So if you want to earn more in tech, consider um, layering the first way and then layering on the second way on top of that, okay? So know your value. Now, what is know the value of something else that will level up a job that makes more money and then know those skills, learn what those skills are and then acquire them. And if you're like, yeah, that sounds super hard, you can just go to episode number 27, you are techie, dot com slash 27. And I talk about a 90 day plan to do that, like literally lay it all out. And no, it is not easy. And I'm going to talk about how to overcome kind of the challenge of it. But you can level up in 90 days, you really can. And maybe you level up in your skills, and then the earning more comes a little delayed. But it will come if you are constantly providing more value for your organization, they will pay you more or you will know how much more valuable you are, and you'll move on. Okay, so we've got ways number one and two. The first way is to know your value of your local area for the specific position you're in. And then the second way is to identify a new level and know those skills and then acquire them. So what's the catch? I mean, why doesn't everyone just do this, right? Like, of course, we all want to make money. We all want to make more money. Well, the the catch is, of course, that change is hard, right? We feel uncomfortable. We don't want to make the change. But the third way, layer the second way on top of the first and the third way on top of the first two. And this third way is accountability. So if you really want to make money you really want to make more money, then the faster way to do that is to add accountability into your system, okay? Weight Watchers has figured that out, that you need accountability um, to to bust through the weight, you know, if you want to lose weight. Um, in Entrepreneurship, masterminds have figured that out. You join a mastermind and you have accountability within the group to hit your goals. Okay, that's for leveling up. But really... How can you, someone who wants to get into tech or level up in tech, how can you add accountability into your system, okay? The way to do that is, I'm going to, I'm cheating a little because no, way number three has a, a, some sub bullets. The way to do that is four parts, okay? Publicize it. Tell people about your goal. Oh my gosh, this is so scary, you guys. I totally get it. You're like, no, because then what if I don't get it? Well, I'm going to I'm going to hit you up on that one. But if you are willing to put it out there and publicize it, like in my Facebook lives, I'll say, "Okay, how much do you want to weigh? How much do you want to make? Type it in." And honestly, I feel like people are getting more comfortable with this or my community just rocks cuz they'll they'll type it in. And and they are legitimate salaries because they are starting to understand their value, okay? The second way to add accountability is to find peers that are doing this, okay? You want to be around people who are leveling up. I know this is hard. If you if you are already in tech, 
and you're around, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not the people at your workplace. Maybe that like one special person like across the way and they, they're also on a fast path. Other than that, I am going to recommend you go outside of your group. I This was a huge struggle for me when I was very early in my career. I wanted to be friends with people. I wanted to be cool. And they didn't want to level up. And that was not great. And I, if I could go back and do it again, I would find peers and mentors outside of my immediate team. There'd be one person at that company that I would have gone with and everyone else in my peer group that, that I was working with to level up, I would have done, um, I would have picked those people outside of my peer group at work. Okay, so I, I really think that peer is important, hence why I started my Facebook group, because I know that women at all levels, right, like we're, we're thinking about getting into tech, we're getting into tech, we're already in tech. We all think that different people have it. They've got it done. They've, they've already um, figured it out if they've been in tech for a few years. But I know that's not true. I know that um, you need outside people to have new ideas, to challenge you, to think about something a different way. When we go to work every day, we do the same thing. We get really stuck in those patterns, okay? Same thing at home. Same thing when you're learning at home. Number three of accountability after publicize and find mentor, uh, find peers is find mentors. You want to find someone who's just a step above you. That's a really great place to go. And, and whoever is just one level above you, maybe they're making the amount you want to make, maybe they're one management level, go to them and literally say to them, I would love for you to mentor me for three months, like keep it short, tell them how limited the time is. Tell them how much you value them because you wouldn't reach out to them to be a mentor unless you valued them. And just pick maybe two, maybe three people to kind of guide you through this process. Like develop your own process and give yourself a deadline. Okay. And number four is where we're going to bring in my good friend, Tim Ferriss, who I've never actually met but read all his books. Tim, you can come on the podcast whenever you want. And that is Have Consequences. Okay. So let me read you a quote from Tim in The 4-Hour Chef, which is the least appreciated learning book of all time, all right? And that's a great book. I use that book, The 4-Hour Chef. It's like a great paperweight because it's humongous, but I actually use it. And I can cook all of those meals, and I'm not a great cook, and my husband is a great cook, and he still uses the recipes. But it's also a learning book. How cool is that? I literally have the four-hour chef on my desk. Okay. The quote is, a goal without real consequences is wishful thinking. Let me read that again. A goal without real consequences is wishful thinking. Okay. He goes on to say, this is good. Good follow-through doesn't depend on the right intentions. It depends on the right incentives. And herein lies the problem for us, my female friends. Most of us say things like, I don't need to make a lot of money. I'm not a greedy person. I'm fine with whatever. I don't need that much. We aren't incentively driven by money. Okay. But... This is why I love working with moms, because when you become a mom, what happens? You have kids, and you start to place real value on your time. Whether that's paying someone to watch your kids, or it's the value of the time you place with that you're not playing with them or hanging with them, okay? 
you start to understand, listen, if I'm going to work, I better make some legitimate money that's going to impact my family. Okay, I better make Disney World vacation trip money or what's the point? But my good friend Tim is actually talking about the consequences of failure. So we're not incentivized really to make that much money and that's a problem, but there's a bigger problem here when it comes to accountability. Tim, he calls them stakes, but what he's really referring to is that people need to feel worse about what they're losing then they feel good about what they're gaining. Why? The concept is called loss aversion. Tim didn't come up with it. He just talks about it a lot. We are, we don't want to lose, which is why you need to put a stake, a consequence in place. And the one that Tim recommends, he recommends an anti-charity, which is, I mean, a little crazy, but basically you like put forth um, a goal on this anti-charity website. And then if you don't achieve it, your money goes to the charity of your choice, but it's an anti-charity. So it's like the Nazi party or something you would never want or something totally against your, uh, political or faith or what, or social, um, focus. Okay. So it's really very, um, effective. So this concept of loss aversion, of not wanting to lose more than we want to win, it's a really powerful accountability tool. And I want you to really think about how you could use this in your own life. Now, if thoughts of paying your children or or giving them, uh, having your accountability with your kids are coming to mind. Great. That's great. Any accountability where you can have an outward sign of loss that is painful, what that does, I know you all want to do it now, right? But that is going to help you achieve your goals. Because you are attaching pain to not achieving them. That is really key. Like so much more than we think. It's just like losing weight, right? If you attach more pain to the weight that you are now than to the pain of missing out on a chocolate cake, that's the key. That's how you can lose the weight. And so you... You, if we insert these mechanisms for accountability into our life, we're almost guaranteeing that we'll achieve our goals. Now, are we going to achieve every, everything as fast and as you know quickly as we want? Maybe not. But if you can keep fighting through that, keep you can keep building that discomfort muscle of learning no, new skills and of being held accountable, that's really what those people are doing. Those successful people that we see out there that we want to be our mentors and that we want to grow and change with. And this is what Carol Dweck talks about in her book, that we want to put Michael Jordan on a pedestal. We want to think that he's this amazing human, and he is. He is amazing. 
But when he came into the to the NBA, he was scrawny. I was just watching the um, the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. Oh my gosh, that kid was so skinny. I'm like, who is that guy? And he was only six six, which for you know for us regular sized humans, that's enormous. But in the NBA, that was average, maybe little. And it was his uncommon dedication. So, yeah, I mean, he totally has skills. I'm just saying there are people who have the natural abilities that Michael Jordan has. There literally are. But there really isn't anyone who has the commitment and dedication to achieving a higher level that he has. Now, I'm not suggesting that we all go out and be Michael Jordan, okay? That's... That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is instead of putting people on pedestals and thinking that they are blessed or born or donned this special person, consider that they're doing special things that you can do. And you can do these things and put them into your life and grow. And that's how you can achieve those goals. It's really not that different. If you look at weight loss or athletic accomplishment or making more money, it's it, they're really similar things, but it's just that the execution is a little different. The, the go to work every day is a little different. And I'm serious. It will feel you will be so much more motivated if you have some of these systems in place, if you have some of these underlying stakes that are pushing you to this next level. I know it won't be comfortable, but... It will be so worth it. So there it is. Three ways to earn more money in tech and really in all of life. So I want you to go forth, my techies, and I want you to go make a lot more money. Thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies training and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.